0: Our message today comes from the book of Galatians, chapter 5. Hear these words. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the book Freedom, the novel by Jonathan Franzen, there is this beautiful construction of characters and narrative and plot, an opportunity to uh, describe what freedom looks like. Uh, Frenzen is a master of dialogue and character development. And as we read the book, Freedom the Novel, we hear of characters who leave home, who end marriages, who um, abandon children, who sally forth bolstered by various... uh, drugs and alcohol, and change jobs, all in the exercise of their freedom. In fact, their uh, slavery might actually be humorous if the topic of freedom wasn't so serious. I wonder if you've ever felt that way. Can you remember back to those moments when you were a kid Uh, Maybe you are that kid right now. You remember being constrained by everyone around you. There were rules about chores. There were expectations about uh, how late you could stay out at night. And even when you got that car to drive, there were more expectations and more constraints on your freedom. Do you remember that day Uh, when you moved off to college or moved out of the house and started your career, however that happened for you, that moment when you realized there was nobody else who was going to make claims on your freedom. You could stay up as late as you wanted to. You could eat whatever you wanted to. You could invite people over at any hour of the night. You were truly free. Until that next morning, when the consequences hit, when the tiredness, the overwhelmedness began to hit. And after, I don't know, a, a few semesters, uh, maybe a few years, you got to the point where you realized, I can do anything, but I shouldn't. Maybe you graduated, got a job, and you found yourself married and all kind of in the middle of the rat race, and you got to that point where you looked in the mirror, in the bathroom in the morning, and your face looked more and more like your father's or your mother's. Now you began to realize that you can do, can't do anything you want but rather you gotta go to work because the mortgage has to be paid and the health insurance. And then when you really start thinking about freedom and you realize for the last 10 or 15 years, you've celebrated Thanksgiving with people that you didn't want to celebrate Thanksgiving with. Now I've gone from preaching to meddling. Freedom is such a powerful topic. Um, philosophers say that there are two kinds of freedom there is freedom from and freedom to this is best popularized by uh, Irving Berlin as he uh, writes about freedom see see freedom from that's that freedom that you run away from Um, those are the things that um, um, hang on a second here Uh, Those are those rules that prevent you from doing all that you want to do. Um, The Israelites knew about rules that prevented freedom. Um, There are 600 or so laws in the Old Testament, and that doesn't count the multiplicity of rules that were set up by the Talmud, uh, where they were trying to understand the limits of all the laws in Moses' covenant. Uh, That freedom from is something that we yearn for. It is the freedom that we begin to see as we become adults. It is that concept of, I am a slave to no one. But in being a slave to no one, are we a master of our own destiny? That's where we begin to talk about freedom too. This positive freedom is the freedom to control and to direct one's own life, to make their own choices, to head out on whatever purpose calls you to join. This is uh, summarized as I am my own master. Now, to get the idea between uh, negative and positive freedom, if you would join me on a little bit of a metaphor, right? You're all in a car. You, you, um, You... Okay, you all have Teslas because you don't have to drive. Or you could act like you have a driver's wheel in front of you. And we are headed down the road and we are going. You you pick and imagine the kind of car that you're driving, right? And we're getting up to a stoplight. And you the instructions are that you should turn right. And so you turn right and you continue driving. Now, you have a strong, official, let's see, um taste for let's say chocolate and as you're driving down this road uh, you come to an intersection you need to turn left but on the right hand side there is the most amazing chocolate factory ever now if you uh go to the chocolate factory you will certainly be late to your appointment yep i see some of you you're already doing this yep i can appreciate that like oh yeah we're going to the chocolate store So um, the freedom from is the ability to go wherever you want to. Uh, The freedom to is the fact that apparently we have some addiction to chocolate and can't control our own behaviors. Uh, In that moment, when we feel free, are we really free? I mean, there's so much in the world that tells us that we are not free. Um, Yes, I have 120 channels that I can pick from when I want to watch something on TV, but am I free to watch whatever I want to if I have to negotiate with my family members and it takes an hour and a half for us to arrive to a a particular show that we're all gonna watch together? Sure, I'm free, but if I am overwhelmed when I go to the grocery store with the wall of marinara sauce that I could choose to pick from, am I really free? right? We have this um, uh, clear understanding that what it means to be an American, it means to be free. And free sometimes is described as not having to be beholden or accountable or connected to anyone who would limit our choices, right? This is some of what we see in the news related to the pandemic. I've never known people to be so Powerfully free that they would give up a parachute or avoid a seatbelt, or choose not to wear a mask. But that's kind of our definition of freedom these days. is I am truly free if you can't say anything about what I will do. I think what we find in Scripture is that freedom is described differently. Uh, Paul here is writing to a church that he established that he started. Now he has uh, gone on to start other churches and here he begins to hear uh, this particular church in Galatia is a mixture of uh, Jews and non-Jews. And the Jews have decided that the non-Jews need to get with the program. There are certain things that you have to do when you join the synagogue. I will not be going into detail today about some of those things that are required it's uh, minor surgery if it's on someone else. It's major surgery if it's on you. I'll let you read there for yourself in Galatians. Um, there are also other observances of holidays that have to be kept. Uh, there are a number of rules that have to be kept. But see, uh, Jesus came to set those rules aside, not to do away with them, but to, instead of having the law... Um, we are, are said under the law of grace. And so uh, these um, Jewish Christians are trying to convince the non-Jewish Christians that they need to you know, kind of get with the program. And so Paul writes uh, the letter um, that we call uh, Galatians uh, to that church and tries to encourage them to understand that they need to stand firm in the liberty by which Christ has made us free We kind of understand those words. Um, Stand firm in the freedom that you've been given. Um, Now, the second part of verse one says, and don't be entangled with a yoke. Or maybe a literal translation here is, don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. Now, a hundred years ago, we could say yoke and everybody knew what we were talking about. Right now, probably half the congregation thinks are you talking about the yellow part in the eggs? No, 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 but it is healthier to eat the egg whites. Anyways, um, a yoke itself is a farm implement. It is a, uh, usually a wooden um, uh, tool, a wooden um, collar that is worn to put two oxen together to assure that they will pull in the same direction. So as the oxen pull um, a plow or a machinery, uh, there can be straight rows uh, as uh, crops are planted. Um, a yoke comes up often in the biblical discourse. Biblical authors have talked about the yoke, yoke as a metaphor for various kinds of bondage. In fact, when Yahweh permits Babylon to take uh, Israel into bondage, he loosens the yoke. Right? Th- this yoke language is important. And so Paul uses a yoke as a metaphor for the bondage to the Mosaic law. This list of 600 different laws, the additional Talmud laws as well. I want you to think about this. If you were an Old Testament Jew where literacy is uh, very low, where written copies of the commandments are on scrolls kept in the temple, how would you know all of the rules that apply to you in fact biblical scholars as they go back and do archaeological work to um, understand more of the talmud were surprised that there were rules that the scholars were unaware about how in the world would you be able to live in a righteous arrangement with god if you never knew all the rules that applied to you. In our illustration about freedom from and freedom to, apparently the directions for driving are so strict that you may not actually know where you're going. But Jesus comes to set us free, to set us free by subjecting us uh, to the rule of grace rather than the rule of law. Remember, uh, Jesus uh, tells us that he sets us free. Uh, in fact, that's a really kind of interesting moment. Uh, it happens in John chapter 8, uh, where Jesus tells the disciples, um, if you follow my commands, if you continue in my word, the truth will make you free. Now, the disciples in great indignation say, well, we have never been enslaved to anyone. Which, if you're a biblical scholar, is hilarious, because Uh, First, it was the Assyrians, then the Egyptians, then the Babylonians. And currently, when Jesus is talking to the disciples, the heel of Rome's boot is on Israel's neck. Yeah, y'all been free for a long time, right? It's also true for us that we find in the midst of our world that we live in, that we pride ourselves on our freedom but find that we are constrained and restricted in so many places. Freedom is powerful. Freedom is a story that's been important to the people of God forever. Um, We have to come to a realization that our freedom, freedom defined by God, freedom defined by the Bible, is not um, a, a powerful sacrifice won on a battlefield but rather freedom is a gift given to us when we decide that we'll follow Jesus. That freedom uh, does not mean that we can do anything that we want, but rather freedom means that we desire what God desires. Freedom means that we want to be free from sin and the consequences that come with it. Freedom means that we want to be yoked with God because who we are is better when we're with God, that God invites us uh, to be a part of a holy nation where everyone gets to be a priest. Uh, in the Passover Seder, which is coming up here soon, uh, we'll celebrate it here during Holy Week. We call it Monday Thursday. Uh, as we gather together to take communion, in the Passover Seder, the ritual meal in which Jews celebrate their freedom from Egypt Contemporary Jews are reminded that God freed us from the yoke of Egyptian slavery so that we might be slaves to him. It's interesting to ask the question, why are the Hebrews freed from slavery? Is God just really in favor of liberation? Or does God know something that we don't know? Does God know that being freed from slavery to the Egyptians frees us up to give our lives wholly, almost sacrificially, to what God might be doing in our lives. At the heart of the Christian life is a holy paradox. The more securely we are tethered to Jesus, the more obedient we are to his way rather than the world's way. And in consequence, the more free we become Or as Jesus puts it in John chapter eight, if the son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. Oftentimes in the church, we spend a lot of time talking about freedom from, freedom from sin, freedom from hell, right? I often refer to this line of thinking as fire insurance, right? We show up at church, we sign on the dotted line, We say all the things that need to be said because we want to escape, as John Wesley would have said, to flee from the wrath to come. But really, is faith just about fire insurance? Once you get the policy in your hand, what will you do with your life now that you don't have to be afraid of that fiery pit at the end of all time? Well, that's where freedom two comes in. Freedom four freedom to create a world where there aren't haves and have-nots freedom to create a world where uh, we love jesus and love our neighbors freedom for where chaos might be we're willing to bring love and grace into those places sure freedom from is important but freedom for is more powerful I can't tell you how many times I have found churches and Christians and disciples who are clear in understanding that they are freed from the punishment of sin, but they have yet to imagine what that freedom allows them to be free for. Sometimes we think that we are um, bound up in an identity. Bound up because we live in this zip code. Bound up because our profession is this. Bound up because we are married. Because the kids are still in the house. Because the mortgage is still over our heads. Because we're stuck in a two-year commitment to AT&T. Oh, sorry. Did that come out? Uh, We like to think that our identity is bound up in the things that hold us, uh, that keep us that constrain us. But what would it be like for us to realize that we are set free? And not only set free, but set free for a purpose. Finding that purpose is an amazing moment. Some people say that there are two great days to celebrate, the day that you were born and the day that you realize why you were born. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.